Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Today, we're going to be discussing the failures of Dumbledore to effectively guard Grindelwald in the latest Harry Potter or Fantastic Beasts movie. And uh, we'll just get into all that and the failures from sort of the wizarding world in general and, and their ability to... to um, I'm going to try to go down that road. I save that one for when my wife's on the podcast as the Harry Potter aficionado in the family. We're going to be talking about those other wizards that some of us, unfortunately probably don't want to talk about at the moment, but have to, because that's just what we do. And we're sufferers and masochists. And, uh, you know, we, we're just going to, as we talked about a few episodes ago with Griffin Queen, just short shared pain being the vibe of this podcast. That's that's what we'll get into. So it'll be cathartic, hopefully. And we can just kind of put all that behind us. We've got Osmond Begg joining me today before we get into kind of what happened. Thunder loss, just a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Basketball is back and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Cool. All right. With that, let's get to my combo with Osmond Beg of Bulls Forever. All right. At this point, I want to welcome on Osmond Beg. Oz, thanks for coming on here and, and talking to me after one of maybe the more, I don't know, ridiculous Wizards games of the year, but also one of the more sort of status quo Wizards games of the year. How's it going? <laughs> Good, man. It's been a minute since I've been on. Look, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on. It's, uh, you know, just like it's such a Wizards game to come on after, too, you know, like. Like you said, people were disappointed, but it's like I, I, before we before we started recording, what I was telling Matt was it's like I've seen this game a hundred a yeah. hundred times. You know, like how many times have we seen? It like just takes me back to when the what did we lose? Like one hundred and sixty to one hundred and fifty eight to the Rockets. It's like yeah, one fifty nine, one fifty eight, or whatever it was. <laughs> like literally the same game. Um, Good times. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and for anybody who didn't watch the game, they lost one twenty one to one twenty to the Thunder. Uh, Neil DeLal of Hoop District had like sort of the best summation of the game for anyone who didn't watch it. Wizards were up 33 to 16. Thunder went on a 21 to 4 run to tie the game at 37. Wizards were up 67 to 51. Thunder went on a 28 to 12 run to tie the game at 79. Neither team had more than a three point lead in the uh, in the fourth quarter. And the Wizards basically just sort of um, screwed the pooch in the last, I don't know, minute and 30, essentially. And 
wizard's gone a wizard. I, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I, I'm actually like not maybe because I didn't watch it in real time and I knew the result while watching the game uh, helped me with this. I wasn't as raw about it, but I'm actually not that discouraged. Like we don't guard anybody anyway. And SGA yeah. was like clearly on a heater. We actually shot the ball pretty well, especially early. The offense was really good early. And I thought they integrated Beal pretty well on the offensive end. So, you know, like we, we got beat by a team that's not very good, but they play pretty hard every game. And, and that's right. just going to happen a lot of over 82. Games. You can't view them as like a terrible, right. it's not like we lost to the Pistons or the Rockets. Sure, We've lost to, yes, a bad team, but a high scoring, talented, bad team yep. that is playing close games with a lot of, with a lot of good teams. Does that mean, I'm not saying that that means we're a good team, sure. but kind of similar thought to you. Like it was, it's, it was what I expected. I think, well, you know, we've talked, we talked even before the game, uh, a couple of days. And once like we saw the lineup change, like, you know, Beal coming back and this is not nothing like I'm not pinpointing anything on him, but it's like, okay, now we're going to go back to our offensive minded personality and trading baskets. And let's just see if we could trade enough baskets and be on the, be on the right side of that, you know, cause the defensive kind of improvement and you can see now the defensive improvement is not going to last with kind of how the roster is structured right now. So it's going to be trading baskets and it's going to be, can we outscore the other team and can we make enough plays at the end? And I actually thought like the ball movement last night was still pretty good. Like I, I think mm-hmm. they found a couple things here that they can hang their hat on. I, I always do worst takes on this podcast from wizards, Twitter, the Kuzma lost the game take is especially bad to me. Like I'm an unabashed Kuzma defender. So yeah. like, I, I'm just going to say I'm not objective upfront, but when you have to rely on a six foot 10 player to be your offensive engine, because your point guard can't, you're going to get some forces. You're going to get some turnovers. Yeah. And, and to me, it was still way more good than bad. I, I would say just again, having freshly watched that game, the vast majority of the good looks or open looks that people got last night were because Kuzma created them for him. So like, right. It is what it is like. Yeah. Okay. Turnovers. It would be great if he had 10 assists and zero turnovers, but um, like, let's also be realistic. He he should be the fourth or fifth best starter on a good team. And we're relying on him to be fucking Giannis. Like it's just, (laughs) it's stupid. Kyle gets in trouble sometimes because he's like, look, everyone always says play big, but there's a difference between playing big and playing tall. So when he tries to dribble through traffic and kind of is beginning to get downhill, but when he's playing tall, there are a lot of guys, smaller guys reaching for the ball and he loses his balance. That's why you see the travels and you see some of the high turnover games. So you're, if he's going to play this role, you're always going to get turnovers. You're going to have those four to five to six turnover games. You're going to have some games where he's cleaner and you might get two or three. It's just going to be what comes with the territory. Now seven is a lot, but at the same time, he was a plus 13 do I blame him for the loss? No, that's just being silly, you know? Yeah. It's just like we, we distill these things down into like one issue. Like you and I were talking about this. I was very disappointed in Denny watching this game because I actually had been like really, really impressed with his play over the last two weeks. And, and this was sort of a regression game to me, like the box score. It looks like he did everything he did the last couple of games, but I, I was really kind of let down by the defense. Like a couple of times he just got dusted. And, and like, okay, he complains like way too much. He just complained pretty much that entire game last night. And at some point you're just going to have to learn if you're him, like you are a slow footed, bigger dude guarding a superstar guard who's known for his quickness. 
Yeah. Like if you're going to try to slow him down by putting your body in front of him, they're going to call that. That's just what it is. That's what happens. And it's not his fault either. That's the position the, the Wizards put him in because they don't have a reliable sort of smaller, lither guard wing defender. And yeah. he's being asked to guard people that he's he's not like physically suited to guard. I, I think Denny's best when he's on like bigger guys because he's quick enough and strong enough to kind of balance them out. It's just when he has to guard Ja or SGA or Donovan Mitchell, like mm-hmm. he's just going to get into trouble. That's just the roster fall. Like that's right. so that you, you feel some empathy, some like to, to the fact that when people criticize him for that, it's like, Okay, but he shouldn't, like you said, he should not be guarding these players. Yeah. He should be he does guarding, the best that he can. Just don't. He should complain. be guarding the Jason Tatum's. He should be guarding the Jalen Browns. Yeah, he should be guarding like the the big wings around. And he does it pretty well. He does it well. He should not have to guard the elite guards on the other team because we have a tiny, not an offensive backcourt. But that's just the situation that we're in. Um, like like you said, uh, um, <clears throat> you're right. He does. Uh, you know, I think there's something there with Denny. Do I think he complains too much? Yes. I think he can't, he can't stop. He can't continue to act like he's a 10 year vet. Like, like he has a defensive player of the year, <laughs> right. you know, under his belt. Like he has that cache with the refs. He doesn't have that. yet. And I think some of the reason I think he does get some bad calls. Like you can see the replays. There are some bad ones, but some of these, he is leaning in with his upper body and does bump guys. So you see that it is a foul yep. and like, he has to now adjust to how he's been officiated for now three seasons. Right. That's the thing. Learn, learn and adjust, learn and right. adapt. What I haven't seen is the learn and adapt. Like that's how you're getting called time to fix it. Like time to change how your defense, change how you're defending that a little bit. Cause if he does, then he's going to be a really, you know, he's going to be a very helpful player. Um, the flex and all that kind of stuff. I think a little, it, it's, Look, it's he's 21. We've all been there, right? I mean, all been there, made an immature mistake. Like, look, we've seen it like in this organization, like you have crime tape deal, like mid play. He's lying. (laughs) He is lying. (laughs) You know, you have all this kind of like you. But there's there are 11 year vets with score, like who've scored 30 points a game who could get away with a little bit more. And then there's also, hey, you've played maybe 150 career games. You're a third year guy. You haven't arrived yet. But at the same time, he's 21. If he does it again in a week, I think there will be a much bigger issue. To me, that's something he flexed. They had a, they had a five on three as a, as a result because Jordan Goodwin was down. That's something Wes calls him in last night saying, hey, you understand this, correct? And he says, yes, done. Done yeah. and over with. You don't yeah. punish him for the next month. Uh, you don't do anything silly like that. But at the same time, you make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, if it happens again, then enjoy then the bench for the next week. You yeah, know? if like, it happens a second time, there's actually a problem. Um, but there's nothing that you you know it's annoying in the moment, and yes, it's something you could pick on, but it's you know, it's young players make silly mistakes like that a lot. It, it's an it's just an inevitable fact that like dumb shit's gonna happen on yeah. a basketball court, especially <laughs> right. when you have younger players in, in yeah. big roles. So uh, it's bad. It was a bad look. It it looks worse on replay. Right. But uh, you just sort of let that one go, I, I think, at this point. And and just continuing with the stupid Twitter takes, like, Denny didn't injure uh, Jordan Goodwin. Like, it, it's just... Yeah, that's a weird one. I He literally went to the basket. His back is to Goodwin. And he falls on what could have arguably been an N1, sure. which players fall going to the basket all the time. It's not his fault that Jordan Goodwin got hurt on the play. That's just it's a fluke. That's accident. just really, if you're yeah. saying that, you are really looking for a reason to 
just like to to just put something on him. <laughs> and and it's also equally not Bradley Beal's fault that Denny flexed and sat down last night. Like, yeah, you you learn what you can get away with or whatever. But at some point, like not all NBA players are equal and everybody right. learns that. And and the best player on the team who has the highest usage, who attacks the most, is probably going to complain more than the guy who barely exactly. touches the ball exactly. offensively. And and again, it's the same thing. Like it's your stance, it's your status in the league, right? And he's just not going to get calls and yeah. he may never get calls. And, you know, it's just sort of like at some point you, you got to learn to live with it. But like we can't put everything on Beal. No, it's not. the rules for Brad don't apply are not the rules for Dan. The rules for Brad don't like aren't the rules for any rookie player because he has that much like he has that much equity that he's built sure. up in the league in an 11 year career. Like there's a reason like he is kind of who he is. Like that's just not like, you know, that's yes, there are reasons why we critique Beal. Sure. And that's probably one of the reasons why kind of like, you know, like you look at him and you look at like when you compare him, but it's like a comparison. It's not a Beal versus Denny. It's like when we're talking high level Hey, what about Beal versus like what a guy like Jimmy Butler does? You know, yeah, that's be the level if, of that conversation. Would it it's be better if Beal was Denny. Tim Duncan and you could coach him the hardest and it, the rules did apply to him the same way? Yeah, sure, but they don't. Like it's right. just not where we're at, and it's not how the organization is run. Right. Like they're, they're not going to hold him accountable to the way that they should, and and it doesn't even matter. Even if they did. Beal doing something is not an excuse for Denny doing something. They're, the, exactly. they're not the same person. You're your own man. Like someone else's fuck up being excused doesn't make it yours. Like I, right. I'm just sort of tired of like, I know it's the entire point of the internet is to just have like the most extreme far end viewpoint on a topic that you can, but like, I, you know, we're all, we're all a little hurt. It was a tough loss. Like I understand, yeah. but some of these are, are just like a little too it's, extreme it's, here. Yeah, you it's know? Just, and it's just like that whole defense, like, Look, that could apply to pretty much anything Twitter. I mean, any any topics that people yeah, debate. Exactly. It's like uh, when you get criticized criticized for something, or someone that you are a fan of, or something gets criticized. Like, hey, what about that guy? It's like, okay, that guy may have done something too, but sure. it just doesn't defend what you did, and that's a weak defense. Like, that's that's a weak argument. Just own it, grow from it, move on, or at least be upfront. Like, yeah, and just say like, look, I'm I'm ca- I'm get incapable of being impartial when it comes to Denny. He's my guy, and. I'm going to continue to compare him to Luca for as long <laughs> as I have the internet. And I know it's not rational, just like lean into it and that'd be okay. Right. Uh, all right. Focus on a couple of the sort of highlights from last night or the, the high points, at least the Wizards had 32 assists last night. That was a season high. Like I said, I thought the ball movement was actually really good. And I know that was a big concern for everybody with Beal coming back, especially in the first half, they had 23 first half assists. Again, Kuzma only in finished with nine, I, like, I promise he's responsible for the other half of those two, just by like <laughs> sucking in the defense and, and just being like one person who can actually get into the paint against his respective matchup. Yeah. It's the most they've had in a first half uh, since the San Antonio game last year, which is cool. I guess they hit 14 threes uh, in the first half, which is kind of more than they'd been hitting for the game most of the time. So I think that was cool to see that they've actually like, leaned into this and they were 14 to 20, which is an amazing percentage. Right. And and obviously yeah. that's, you know, Drew Gooden said in the game last night, like the wizards have to hit more threes than their opponent and also turn the ball over less. And I think that's their recipe for success. Well, yeah, no shit. Like that's every team <laughs> at, at every level's recipe for success, hit way more threes and don't turn the ball over. You're going to win a lot of the time, but this team, like they have to shoot more than they did. And obviously the percentage wasn't going to be bad for forever. That's why yeah. it's not worth overreacting about 10 games. Right. 
Yeah, definitely agree there. The passing, the only concern is second half, they only had nine assists. Sure. So it's always comes back to what do you, when it gets tough, what are you going to default to? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, on the whole, it was encouraging. Can they do it? You're not going to do it four quarters because you're not going to have, you're not going to be a 40 assist a night team. I mean, no one's a 40 assist a night (laughs) team. But can you like, you got to just operate, like get to that middle ground where you're, you know, one half doesn't fall off while the other, you know, while the other one is great. So definitely some encouraging things to build off of offensively defensively. I think what I, what I, what you and I have talked about before, and like what I said to you earlier, I don't think they're going to be a good defensive team. Now again, they're just not built that way. So really offense, they can, they're going to have to lean into their offense because I don't know how they're going to get enough stops. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is probably the better DNA of the team. And if you can just like be respectable enough when it matters or respectable enough, you know, in certain matchups, yeah, to, to make life tough on the other team. That's their biggest thing is like, you can't give up on like as many easy baskets as they were giving up in, in that kind of like couple game stretch where they were getting pummeled by people. Like it just mm-hmm. not, not going to work. Um, th- that was, you mentioned the Houston game. It's funny because this was the second tied for second most uh, made threes in any half in franchise history. Uh, once they hit 15 against the Houston Rockets. So that was that game on uh, October 30th of, of 2019. That was a, what a whole or no. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, that was, that was bad. Uh, let's see. The wizards are now a combined 52 of 110 from three over the last three games. That's 47.3%. Uh, obviously they're not going to shoot that way all year, but if you're just closer to 40 over the course of the season, I think that that's, that's a pretty good omen for them. Yeah. And it was also all five starters scored in double figures for the second time this season. The first time was against Detroit. Uh, Rui had 14 points scored in double figures in 12 games off the bench this season, which is tied with Benedict Matherin for most uh, in the league, which is awesome. And Denny had 12 and seven, as we mentioned, he blocked two shots and he's now scored in double figures in all four consecutive games. So even with some of the boneheaded stuff, like Denny's trending up, Rui's trending up. Yeah, I don't Rui care thing, when those advanced actually, metrics I, tell me. I wanted to ask you about the Rui thing. So we've seen Rui close some games. Sure. Like we've saw him against Utah. He closed the game. We saw him, I think it was against Dallas. He may have played the majority of the second half. He didn't close, but I think it's because when he, he started the second half, played basically the first 18 minutes and then sure. um, needed a breather at the end. Um, so on a, on a night like yesterday, he plays like 18 minutes uh, until the last made three from SGA. He was the only, he was a zero plus minus uh, amongst the bench that was like, you know, between minus 15 and minus 20. Right. Uh, he shot well. He had three steals. Um, he had a couple of assists. What does he have? Like, why wouldn't he, when he, we've seen him close other games, why wouldn't he be on the court more in a game like this where he's clearly on and playing well? Uh, that's a very, very interesting question. I, I think there's been a lot of, uh, criticism of Wes Unsell Jr. so far today. I think some of it's warranted. Some of it is maybe a little bit extreme. Like it's, they're, they're not telling guys to go out there and not defend. So it's yeah. like, you know, at a certain point, okay. Yeah. You know, like a, it is what it is. Guys are going to switch and and things are going to happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I watched back through that and, and just didn't really understand that either. I thought he was really good. I, I mean, again, you know, like you can point to whatever advanced metric you want and say that he was average, but I thought he was impactful offensively. I thought that the spacing he provided was really important for them, especially in the first half. And, you know, that, that sort of Kuzma Rui dynamic is like really 
really impressive to me. Like somehow Kuzma finds a way to get the ball to Rui perfectly in his shooting pocket. And it feels like those are the only shots that Rui makes catch and shoot is when they come from Kuzma. So to me, I would have just kept like riding that a little bit more. I guess maybe they were worried about him defensively or the ball handling sort of like people ratched up their defensive pressure. People talked a lot about why Monte Morris was in the game late. To be honest with you, I think some of this is because they are worried about Brad having to be the sole ball handler on a lineup, you know, in a lineup with bigger yeah. guys that that don't handle the ball after you saw him get ripped in that game against Philly like three times in a row. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm wondering if that's like, hey, we need Monte out there down the stretch because he is the most capable ball handler yeah. against pressure. That That's the only kind of thing. I can think of is maybe why they went back to being smaller. You saw like Barton minutes like thrown in there too. He's at least a serviceable enough ball handler. I I don't know what that was, but they don't trust Denny to do it. They're not going to trust Rui to do it. I don't think down the stretch of the game, you want Kuzma to be the only guy bringing the ball up the court. So it's just, it's an imperfect roster and they're going to have to figure these things out situationally. And you might take some losses along the way of just like, Hey, this didn't work because X, Y, or Z. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a reasonable segue for the Monte discussion right now. Like Monte got killed for playing terrible defense, but did he play bad defense or is he just short and someone really good shot over him? Like, I he think was, it's more, he yeah, was up I, in him. Like, I mean, he's just, he's six feet tall and this is a problem with the roster and the roster construction. So I think two things, I don't think he played terrible defense, but when the only way you could lose a game. And it's funny because I think you and I had, had a debate on this maybe two years ago when it was at Dallas. We were up by two and Rui went to help and they kicked it out to Finney Smith who had a corner three for game. Yep. And it's like, it just reminded me of that. Not It was in a similar situation because it was health defense, but it's sure. so, the one thing Monte could do, he can't control his height. Yep. Um, him being in, I think, is more a Wes on South conversation. Mm-hmm. That said... And if you have DeLon Wright, he's not in the game. He's like not. We, in the I think game. we all know that. Right. But that said, or Jordan Goodwin, even you probably right. don't even have Monte in the game. Play up on him more, force yeah. him off the line. Sure. The I only agree. way you're going to lose is with the three point attempt. And it's like he was so afraid of letting him get past him that he gave, and it, it didn't look like SGA was really even trying to get past him. He was basically setting up space for the three point shot, yeah. which he effectively did. And Monte kind of gave him. And then because of the height, it was really almost like a shoot around shot. Like there was really the contest never bothered him. It looked like it did not look like a difficult shot attempt. Um, I mean, look, you put someone shorter than you, they can't move as fast as you. You're going to get a good shot off, you know? So, and again, it's not Monte's fault. That's who he is. Um, that's really what the roster issue, I think, in my opinion, one of the, one of the big roster issues in my opinion is, and one of my, big issues with the whole let's get Monte Morris this summer uh, when people were excited about his, his field goal percentage and like how efficient he is in it. You're pairing a six, one ish point guard with a six, three ish shooting guard, neither of whom are good point of attack defense, defensive players. That marriage is not going to work. Like before last night, their DRTG together, the defensive rating together when they're both on the floor is like 119 points a game, which is awful. And it's because of plays like, you know, you you had them both on the floor. The switch was allowed to happen too easily, which is a thing that I'm curious about. Like you should make it a little difficult for them to get SGA in that advantageous matchup. The Wizards made it as easy as possible. Like, um, but at the same time, 
that's the problem when you have both of them on the floor together. Yeah. No, it, it's just, that's, there's only so much like Wes can do in some of these situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they have like littler, quicker guards that we're going to be the ones that we're going to try to attack in, in either Dort or SGA. Like not that they're little, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, yeah. they're quicker players. It's not like a team where the wings are going to be the one taking the last shot. And you're just sort of limited in who you have available to you. Like, I mean, what, yeah. what, like you can't make Delon Wright be healthy for the one play. You can't f- trust Will Barton to be out there, even though he could theoretically stay in front of someone. Goodwin yeah. goes down. Like, it's just, it is kind of what it is. Like, he, he could have done something better. Like, Denny, I thought, got blown by a good yeah. amount by SGA last night. It's just not a good matchup for him. And think, he got called for fouls a lot last night too. So like, yeah. do you want to lose the game by giving up a, a like three free one. throws? I think what you probably do in that situation, or I think what I, you just don't even, but you just don't have Monte with him. You put in another big wing. You, you like how many players in OKC were actually going to get the ball in that situation? So but the, but that's, have, see, see, that's the point is yeah. you let, I know it's easier said than done, but I don't care if you quadruple team him. And you run like a reverse box in one where like four guys are guarding yeah. SGA and you have one guy guarding <laughs> everyone else. Like let Poku shoot from anywhere he wants on the court before you give SGA a look one-on-one against anyone on your team. Right. And I think on anyone Porzingis, on any team. Porzingis wasn't even in the game, was he? I don't believe so. I don't and remember. Did, did they have someone that they really had to take Porzingis out for? I mean, couldn't they have still left him in the paint? I yeah, thought. I, I mean... Honestly, I'd rather have Porzingis on him at that point than yeah. like, so, like you shoot, put shoot over me and drop coverage. But see, the thing is, like, so there's a lineup that I've been that well, Kyle Kuzma's basically been asking for for since last year. He's like, why don't you play me, Danny, Rui together? Yep. And I think they've played a combined 35 ish minutes. I, I tweeted earlier today. I just can't find this. Find it. It's it's roughly about 35 minutes they played together with the plus 25 net rating. Mm-hmm. They closed against Philadelphia like that, and that was a game where Maxi was kind of going crazy against yep. them. But the advantage that gave is really it's a lot, of length. Of, them, a yeah. lot of length and all of them could switch, yeah. switch with height so that you're not worried. You know, you always have someone taller on a switch there. Right. If you yeah, lose your smallest like player that. on the floor, that's fine. Like, you know, it just, you know, it's not Monte's fault. And like, he's because it's, it's it was him that like, it's kind of his name is there, but I think more of the angst is why was he there? <laughs> So I, I just looked this up in real time while we're doing this. And and the final five on the floor was Monte, Denny, Brad, Kuzma, and uh, Rui. Rui was defending the inbounds. Yeah. 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 So without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But just put, yeah, put KP out there too. Like, like let yeah. just let's just be big as shit. Force him to the middle and like let let him shoot over length. And if he does it, so be it. But. Uh, you know, the guys work on that step back all off season and post lots of videos about it for a reason. Yeah. Uh, he got the shot. Pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I struggle with the Brad thing too. Cause like sometimes I give him a pass cause it's like the same thing with Monte. Like if you're asking Brad to guard Jason Tatum, uh, you know, he's giving up six inches. Like it's just, that's a, f- like a failure of the roster yeah. that we would ever want that. But 
He was also bad last night defensively too. And I just never want to hear the shit about defensive, you know, Bradley Beal ever again. Like just lean into like, look, I'm now bad defensively and I can't do both at 30 years old or whatever, or my conditioning was still limited. I had to pick my spots. I just don't want to hear it. And and, that, and, and that's where the, that's where the conversation about Beal becomes a little disingenuous. No one's asking him to be Jimmy Butler. No one's asking him to be PJ Tucker. And just don't get torched by Lou Dort. Don't get torched and don't die on like a screen. So like the, even on the last play, and this is so Beal made great plays to even get him to that point. So I'm not like putting anything on him. Yeah, he was but, good offensively down the stretch. I thought right, right, and he so he started off on SGA on that last play, and then it was just a very simple pick switch before the inbounds even came, I think. Yeah. And, but so was Brad supposed to hand him off to Monte that easily, or did Brad just die because he saw a screen, which he always does. He does not fight through screens. Well, um, I, don't think I can't anyone on the team that, does. So is that schematic? Yeah. Is it lazy? Is it all the were, above? Yeah. Were they supposed to switch? I can't imagine they were supposed to just allow a switch that easily. And I can't like, and at that point, if you're also, cause Beal is saying, Oh, I wanted to take, you know, he says one thing. Sure. So it's like, okay, it's 10 It's like not even 10 Well, I don't know how much time. I can't remember how much time was left when the play started. Fight through the screen much. and get to SGA on that one. Yeah. Or at least like a little more resistance so that it's not that easy of a handoff. And the inbounder really had no, there was no sweat for the inbounder to just get it to him and just kind of move out of the way. So I think it was Giddy who was doing the inbound. So it's just, you know, it was... Uh, how about just, middle school face guard this MFR? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just don't let him get the ball, period. Like, whatever right. you got to do, just, I don't care if you bear hug him and throw him to the ground. Like, at that point, like, I just, yeah. I just don't, you, you can't let what happened happen. No. So, you can't. and it is funny, like, <laughs> how eerily similar it looks to, similar it looks to the uh, Kevin Porter Jr. over Neto game winner last yep. year. It was yep. like the same. And that's why I think it's more of a, a little bit more of an indictment on West Huntsville Jr. because it's like, okay, for someone who's as meticulous and detail oriented as he is, this is not fool me once. This is not fool me twice. Yeah, seen this movie before. We've seen this movie before, and with the smallish point guards, which is also which is a roster issue, and that goes to like a whole different discussion, like how much say did he have in bringing Monte over here? That's something we don't we don't know, but like you just can't like he last year with Neto. Neto was in. Neto played his way out of the rotation. Neto got another chance, played his way out. Of, I think there were three t- different times last yeah. season where oh, Wes gave him a chance, not merit-based, and then he played his way out of the rotation. Right. And it's like, and he just keeps going back to these smallest point guards and putting them in bad positions with the game on the line. And it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's never as simple as this one guy's fault, but Wes was not good. You know, there's something you can point to with all of these people. And right. and honestly, you look at that roster last night, Tommy's not good. Like go out yeah. and, and and this should be the impetus to make certain pieces. Like these are the things he should be jotting down in his little notebook that says like, hmm, longer defensive wing so that DeLon Wright is not yeah. the entire linchpin of everything we want to do defensively in the final five minutes of a That's game. That's right. DeLon Wright can't be who was not even signed for the full MLE, can't be this critical to your entire season. Yeah. Now, everything um, we've Tommy... built over lies on DeLon Wright. <laughs> um, the other thing Tommy could do is this. Like, if he envisions, because what he envisions doesn't always seem to be what Wes is doing on the court. Yeah. If he envisions size, length, like long wings, a big lineup, like even last year when he brought Sato back, but then Wes played him as a shooting guard when everyone knows Sato's not a point guard. Um, don't set up the roster so that... Yeah. 
he could go opposite of what you're looking for. Yeah, save him from himself. Pull a B- Billy Bean money ball and just say, hey, look, I'm trading Carlos Pena. You know? Yep. Honestly, it, it might have to come to that. It's funny because like I've come to appreciate Monte a little bit more than I did early in the season. I do think he provides some value as a second point guard, but that's the key. Like he's a he's a good backup point guard to me, a serviceable yeah. backup point guard on a good team. We've seen him do it. And yeah. green in that roster was constructed a little differently, I think, to better maximize his skill set. But he's not bad. He just is what he is. And if you rely on him like he's Gary Payton Sr., you're just you're just going to be disappointed every time. Right. I mean, just it's that simple. Yeah. And I think what the, the mistake that was made here, or at least kind of where people fool themselves a little bit was everyone saw the metrics. They're like, wow, if he gets into a, a bigger role, right? It, they kind of treated it like when Gil got away from Golden State. Yep. Like, oh, this is a guy on like ascending. This is the next guy ascending. No, what you saw was his best case last year in a starting role playing off an MVP, but he's just a good backup point guard. And, and those organizations aren't stupid. You know what I mean? Like somewhere like Denver, it's like if he could have played 35 minutes a game and been better, maybe they would have thought of that. They're, I don't not, know. they're just... not trading him away when he makes $8 million a year then. <laughs> exactly right. So this is what you're going to get. I mean, at the end of the day, like Porzingis is like really good at basketball. I think that's still like a win. And yeah. even on the nights where he's not that great, he still somehow ends up with like 27 points. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this dude's good as shit. Uh, so I, I think there's more good than bad here. It just, that shit happens. It's 82 games. They're still around 500-ish for the year. And they're going to stay that that way for most of the year. Someone will mm-hmm. get hurt. Maybe they'll lose a couple in a row. They'll finish slightly above, below 500. And they're going to end up somewhere seven through 10. And it's yeah. it'll be exactly what everyone in this fan base predicted. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Ted will be happy. And yeah, this is a slight spoiler. I'm going to give this away. We are doing. I think we're going to prepare to do a second round of Believe in Wizards merch, and it's just going to be a T-shirt. And all it says is, "We will never ever tank." So <laughs> if that appeals to anybody, uh, stay tuned. We'll have some details on that here pretty soon because I think that's something we can all just lean into and embrace yeah. the fact that play in or bust, baby. Uh. Oz, I think there's another bright spot here on the horizon. There's a nostalgia game on Friday, the heat game. Uh, we're bringing Gil back. You know, we finally let him, he's paid enough for his sins <laughs> and, and we're welcoming him back into the building. You know, there's going to be some kind of halftime ceremony or whatnot. Uh, the big three. Do you reunion. think they're going to let him speak to the crowd? I, I think they're going to let him say something. Okay. Probably won't be televised because you just never really know. <laughs> We saw some rumblings of of will uh, Buck and Phil be back? Maybe we get them on the call for some yeah. portion of this, or they MC the halftime thing. Who knows? I just I'm excited for this. I am not yeah. using the media credential. I'm going as a fan. I've had a long week. I'm going to be very drunk during this game. I think <laughs> so. Just if you see me in the streets, that's that's why. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually excited for this, and I hate yeah. the heat, so even better. Yeah, I you know it's I mean you just got to hope that they play. I, look, you just, with them there, you also want to see a good game. Um, it's going to be fun having. So, look, there's all the extra with Gil. Everyone yep. knows it. And there are a lot of things post, even probably during, like we just, it's different access, different times. Uh, but even, especially posts that people probably don't love, aren't comfortable with, yada, yada, yada. Sure. I get it. And I am, I'm not the biggest fan of post career Gil. Sure. Uh, post NBA career. But, I loved Washington yeah. Wizards Gil. Yeah. He was like the most entertaining 
player I've seen in this uniform since Weber, maybe. Yeah. And maybe even more entertaining than Weber, you know? He was for me. Yeah. So he was like the, so basically over three, three ish, three to four decades of me watching this team, like the most, the most entertaining player. He, we always like bitch and moan about like too cool for school and players not showing up. Okay. He didn't play defense. I'm not, let's not be fake about that. But he made it a point that he was putting on a show every time he came. Mm-hmm. So he was doing something really like he was dropping. He dropped 30 like it was nothing. He was like must guys, see TV in an era where guys couldn't do that. Right. And like when we see now, it's like, oh, this guy at 30. What a good game. He did that kind of with ease. It was right. no he didn't have to. Well, he had a break. But like it was just no problem for him. You'd look up and he'd have 30 without really even trying just yeah. because he was that good on offense. So. It was fun. It's going to be fun seeing him back, seeing what, if he says, does anything. Um, I'm glad they've been able to move past the issues and welcome him back. I think enough time has been, you know, time heals. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just let it go. We've done enough shit as an organization too, and yeah. we forgive them and move on. So like, yep. we can't have Gil back. I don't know. It, it's cool that they'll, you know, be together. And I like that they're doing it on a heat game, obviously. So Quran can be involved and yeah. Jameson's obviously there already. So it, it just, Look, this is my that's the hat like the heyday for me as a Wizards fan, and I, I'm just happy to lean into it. I think even if they lose, at the very least, like Ted will like sell a lot of merch, a lot of yeah. like retro merch, and honestly, that's that's the most important thing I think at this point. So, <laughs> uh, Oz, I got two questions for you here. One I meant to lead with mm-hmm. everybody uh, their first time on this season. I want to ask them one question. So, who is the player past, present? future, maybe even if you can predict that, that your own basketball game most resembles and you get bonus points if you pick a wizard. basketball game most resembles. That's a tough one. Um, So just describe my basketball game and then you can maybe help me find it. Yeah. Um, I am a shooter. Okay. And a post-up point guard, you know, a combo guard-ish, you know? Like I used to like, a combo of Bobby Jackson. Like I used to try to emulate Bobby Jackson, Chauncey Billups. I like that. I like threes and I like posting up point guards because late, they all late career. Jason kid, maybe. No, he didn't have like nice range. Like he would be a set set shooter. I like dribbling it up and just like okay. pulling, got you it, know? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't I like, like just like catch and shoot, like kind of just waiting in the corner. Sure. I like a couple dribbles, like, you know, a little behind the back and then shooting a three. I dig that. But then also like, I'm only like five, well, I did, actually, I went to the doctor today. I'm five, eight and a half. Okay. I like so it. Look, take it. You got to, yeah, the half is important. That half, right? That's right. And people will see me. And when, the, when I'm posting up another, when I back down another guard, they're like, oh, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And a la like Andre Miller, I just like to stick my shoulder right into their chest Attaboy. and like just absolutely maul them down low, you know? I, so, I like, respect that so much. So, but I don't know what player on the Wizards matches, like, you know, I don't know, like yeah. who, a three-point shooter slash postal point guard. I don't know which one, which one kind of fits the bill. It's like a Chris Whitney, Andre Miller hybrid. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you want to combine those two. Yeah, and that that that's where I am. I dig it. All right, and last <laughs> question I got for you: uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. You can pick three wizards, current or past, to join you guys for Thanksgiving. Who else is at the table? Uh, Gilbert Arenas. Okay. George Murison. Ooh, I like that. And a third one. Let me think of a third one. Current roster. I don't think anyone on the current. Oh, actually, Kuzma. 
And Kuzma I'll was go, on my list. Yeah. Kuz, Gil, and Murasan. Oh, that would be a fantastic Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it would be definitely that interesting. Be- <laughs> I, I I do worry about like uh, I, I love them to death. Um, sorry if they're listening. My family is a little uptight and kind of reserved, so I, I do worry about uh, having like Thanksgiving dinner with Gilbert. You know, like if somebody shit in a shoe, like what would they do? I, I don't know. Uh, that, yeah. that that makes me a little anxious. Mine's a little too, but I think they're also the type that would be extremely impressed by any celebrity, mm, that's even if they don't know them. He's the biggest so, name. So, yeah. So my brother-in-law, for example, my sister's uh, sister's husband, if he, he doesn't watch any NBA, um, but if he knew an NBA player was there, all of a sudden selfies uh-huh. you know, together, where do you shop? Hey, look what I got. You know, like he'd be in that mode. It'll be, you know, my other brother is like a collector, uh, my memorabilia guy oh, cool. on the side. He'd probably be trying to like sneak autographs all over. The place. Yeah, can you can you give me one of your shoes and sign it on yeah, your way out the door? Yeah, so it would be entertaining. Yeah, I think I would have Kuzma, Antoine Jameson, and Rod Strickland. That's my three. One because I've met Rod like I don't know a dozen times, and he's just like a cool, chill, laid back dude. So like I, it, yeah, I think that that would just be like good vibes for everybody. But he's also got <laughs> stories, and like we've seen the hot dog thing. So like you know, throw like throw down oh, yeah. at the dinner table. So, uh, I yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, anything we have not talked about here today with the wizards that you think is worth mentioning before we get out of here? Uh, I uh, is where we're talking about the, you know, I thought our G league conversation yesterday was pretty, pretty interesting, mm, which part? So I don't know if you want to touch, touch on, touch on that. Like how Davis has been playing, but also more uh, like, is the go-go too good? Yeah. They might be better than the Wizards uh, on certain nights. And and it's funny, this is the piece that I, if I were a good host, I would have segued to when we talked about having to play Monte. If only you had a guy on your G League team that was like six foot four and known for his defense that you could come yeah. in and play in situations like that in maybe Chris Dunn, who's been like destroying the league when he gets minutes and usage. Yep. Uh, and has like, look, Chris Dunn could show up. He hasn't played in a while but refs know who he is and know his defensive reputation. Right. I've seen you before. You were a lottery pick. Great. Yeah. So I mentioned that to Mattis because I was watching the last game and Davis, well, I think it was like three for five shot. Well, but he only had eight points for three from three. Yeah, he did fine. And it wasn't like he could, there were no opportunities for him to force things because it's like the go-go is almost too good. And you have Carrie who had like 25 and Shackle had 25 and it's like, but then I was like, hey, where's Todd? Where's Quentin Jackson? Where's Johnny Davis touches? So it's like, are they too good? And I don't know. So I, was, I asked Matt that question because he's our, he's our G League expert. So I, I needed some feedback there. I, I think it's a, a really interesting point. And, and probably why they do that, number one, is just you want to have as many guys to evaluate through as possible. And they're going to have different nights. But part of the reason these guys are in the G league is because they aren't able to do it on a consistent night to night basis. So if you have five guys and then a bunch of Jags, like, you know, like if any of your really good guys are off, you're going to get pummeled. And and you see that with a lot of G league teams that like really hyper focus on their second round picks or, you know, a couple guys or, or something like that. Whereas the go-go is like, we're going to have the best possible guys we can. And Honestly, it's a, it's a credit to both Amber Nichols and Tommy to some extent. Like I thought our summer league roster was an abomination, but they've built a real team that makes sense for the style of play in the league that they're in. Mm-hmm. I like sort of the notion of two point guards on a G league team just for better decision-making. And I yeah. think that gives them 
a real leg up, especially when you have someone small like Dotson, but at least you have Dunn who can guard people off ball. I've been really yeah. impressed with Dunn. I don't know how much it would sort of translate up just because he he is still sort of limited in a lot of ways. But yeah, I think that was a great point you raised. And and honestly, like they have to make sure that that Jackson and Todd and Davis are still prioritized because they're your best long-term bets. Right. At a certain point, no matter how good they are, and I know you want to win games in the G League, but Jaime Eshenike is never going to be a needle mover at the NBA level. Vernon Carey Jr. probably not, although he's been yeah. better than I thought. The losing weight's helped and the jumper's been better. But at the end of the day, he's still kind of, he, he is what he is. At best, he's your last big. I'd be more curious to see, can uh, McCurr Maker be, you know, budget bull bull or something yeah. like i don't think he can but i'd like to know that for sure right that and that's kind of what stood out to me watching that game and i think actually it segues to another question one other question i had for you zlon Wright should be back pretty soon because i think it's been about three weeks and they said it's yeah. a four to six week injury yeah it may have been actually four weeks now since but it's been it's been a while so yeah. i'd expect in the next one to two weeks we are having a conversation about that yeah. so they played 10 players yesterday is Jordan Goodwin the odd man out when he gets back? That would be because my Jordan guess. Jordan Goodwin was on the floor before the injury, late. Yeah, he's closing and the game. He would have closed that game, I think. Yeah, so that's the question. Like, And kind of the other issue is, at least what I've seen, they're better when they're a nine-man rotation than a ten-man yeah. rotation because yeah. then they're, he wedges in that. Like, Play your better people more is a good, good strategy. More. So you already played ten yesterday. Um, you're going to reintroduce or re-kind of, you know, get DeLon right back in the lineup. That takes you to 11. Who comes out? But then that still keeps you, even if you take someone out, you're still at 10. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure there'll be other players missing time. So maybe it just sorts itself out. But it's like, they're going to be some interesting roster questions in the upcoming future, in the upcoming future when DeLon gets back. Just track record with this team and organization. I would expect Jordan Goodwin is the low man on the totem pole and probably takes the biggest hit there, which again, says a lot like, Gil goes from not playing to starting to closing to not playing to closing yeah. to not playing. And yeah. you would have Goodwin like closing games for you when you're in a winning streak. And then all of a sudden he'd be like back down with the go-go every yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, but it should be Will. Like Will Barton's not been very good. I no. know there's some Will apologists on here that will have a, an opposing opinion, but I, I don't think he's been happy with his play or performance in the limited amount of time we've heard from him from media perspective. It's just, you he's know, older. I, also, he's an expi- he's an expiring right. contract. He's, he's not in your long term future, no. at least not at any level where he's going to make like right. meaningful money. If he wants right. to transition to being like a veteran bench piece for the bi biannual exception level money or something long term, like you know, so be it. I think it's yeah. nice to have him as a sort of break in case of emergency option, but he should take the hit. Honestly, I, like I'm I'm not been the biggest Corey Kispert guy especially if the other guys are making shots. I thought he was really bad defensively in limited minutes last night. Yeah, he didn't play a lot yesterday, but the minutes that he played were bad. And the issue I've had with Corey is everyone like points to his shooting percentages, but because he shoots from so low and, and that's like, look, it's a simple thing. And maybe it's like, maybe, maybe something that I'm just looking too far into. If you shoot from as low as he shoots from, you need more space to get your shot off. Hmm. We're already a team that struggles creating three-point attempts because we don't have that dynamic point guard. Like, where's the formula to get his volume up? It's not as simple as saying he needs more shots. And he can't create like, him himself mostly. He can't create so. it himself. And this right. team can't create him the shots 
or the space necessary that he needs because we've seen him his three point shot get blocked a lot since he's been drafted because he shoots from so low. He can't shoot with a guy right in his face. Yeah. yeah and then the, like if he had 2017 John Wall getting him the ball, I'd be like, that mother effort needs to shoot 10 times a yeah. game. Like, right. But, you know, 10 threes a game. Uh, but it just, it, it's, yeah, is it scalable? Like we all can say that in a vacuum. I think, you know, if, if they had better personnel to get him better looks, I'd be all for it. And he's been, he's been pretty good since coming back. I'm not trying to make this a rag on Corey thing. Oh, yeah, but yeah. He's been, he's played very well until pretty much last night. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it's just, he's one of the guys on my list that I would be scaling back minutes for to keep Goodwin in the rotation. If it were me mm-hmm. also, I would just send Monte home. Um, if I, if I had Goodwin healthy and Delon healthy, because that's better to me. Uh, but right. you always have better point of, point of attack defense then. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I I'm with you. So I don't know. We'll see what they do. I, I can't imagine that this team doesn't make some kind of move at some point here. I would they be shocked do. if Delon, if, um, if Will Barton was on the roster after the trade deadline, that's just sort of my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Rui maybe goes with him. I don't know what that looks like to me. It's, I- I probably think he's been settling into Rui. so even this morning, like they seem like they like him in this role. Yeah, he's the best for he's playing consistently. His play has improved the most with Jordan Goodwin getting into the lineup. So yeah, if you've seen the last two, two and a half weeks of him is something that I think they want. At least, you know, you know, uh listening to West Hustle Jr. this morning on the radio was saying they kind of like this role for him. I can see Will going. I, I'm always curious what they're gonna what their their thought is with Gafford, given that his he's still at that low number. Wes is out on Gafford, like he, he just he seems out on Gafford. So he if he seems like it, and his salary jumps next year, yeah. So if you got if you're trading him, you got to do it now while the contract's easy more easily easy to move, especially if you attach it to like a Will Barton type salary, you know. So I, I'm curious about him. I'm curious about Will. Then also, if they eventually, well, eventually they should try to create a spot for Goodwin. Is that does that come in a two for one trade or do they eventually have to have to send Vernon Carey or Isaiah Todd to a team that needs to meet the salary flow like the Pacers and just say, hey, take a second round pick, take this contract so that they could offer whatever the balance of their mid-level exception to Goodwin. Also, let's get weird with it. Let's try Todd in a couple of minutes at this point. He's like, you know? I, again, I, I know I'm like the one Todd supporter <laughs> in the entire fan base. Like that's not related to Isaiah Todd, like but everyone in twist has the one young guy they're attached to. It's all good. He, he He's at least theoretically a young athletic switchable big. And in situations yeah. like last night where, you know, like he couldn't have guarded Poku for some stretch of last night. Like I just, I refuse to believe that Yeah, he couldn't have matched up with some of those guys, at least for, five, 10 minutes just to see how he looks on an NBA court. And I'm glad you actually said the Poku thing. Cause that's also like the, the whole conversation. Do I think any of our young players are stars? No. Do I think they're even like really, really good players, non-stars? Probably not. Um, but if say one of our young guys were like an OKC, like, do I think Poku's a star? <laughs> Absolutely. No. Do I think he's a good player on a, on a playoff team. Absolutely. I don't even think he's like a seventh man on a play or even on a playoff team. Yep. But he gets like, so would an Isaiah Todd, would a Avdia, would, like would those guys benefit from that type of situation more? That's the thing. I don't really know the answer to that. Do you benefit more playing on a bad team that just kind of just does what they want? I think in a case like Todd's, yes, because he would actually get some playing time. Sure. Um, he's not even playing much for the go-go because of like, again, what we said, they have so many players. It's just, you know, like for him, it's like, what's the path? Like, what are they, what are they trying to do long-term? The guy for OKC, and I said this pre-draft, I want to be on the record about it. It's like the only, like only Maryland prospect I've liked in the last decade. 
Aaron Wiggins with a second round pick would have just been like a no brainer. Yeah. And he, he's not putting up big numbers for them, but like he's serviceable defensively. He hits enough threes to keep people honest. Like he's, he's like better. a prototypical three. He would yes. be better on our team than on their team. Than on their team. Like, yeah, that's actually the reverse because he's not one of their first round picks because like, you know, he kind of plays a little more off the ball. He would fit here better than he does there. It's like the opposite effect. Yeah. I mean, he still played like 25 plus minutes, but it's just like the usage is not there. And yeah. I think he's got more to him than we've seen. Anyway, Oz, thank you for doing this. We got to get back into a no, more regular fun. cadence here. I tried not to bother you all summer since I bothered you so heavily <laughs> all, all like tail end of last season. So as much as you want to come back, I want to have you on. Uh, no, hope everybody enjoyed this. Over. So like, you know, Some and, free and time little, again. Fall Little League is over. You know, like I got one team I'm coaching, but like one is a lot less than four. So it's, you yeah, know, no can... my winners open up wide now. <laughs> I, I was tired listening to you talk about how many teams you were being responsible for. So plus you're, you, we are all responsible for what happens with the wizard. So um, we have yeah. to put in the time obviously to watch this team do whatever it is that they do. All right. This has been believe in wizards. We are presented by BetOnline.ag. If you have not uh, bought your tickets to our go, go night on December the 9th, please go do that. Use our link for that. Or we don't get credit. Somehow 27 people have told me they've bought tickets, but the go-go said that they've only gotten like 15 people have bought tickets. So I'm like, the numbers are a little off there, but uh, if you have bought a ticket and didn't use the link, let me know. I'll see if I can still get us credit for that. 10 bucks, December 9th, live podcast after should be fun. And again, presented by betonline.ag, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And hopefully the Wizards will have won some games and shut up those stupid Miami heaters. Uh, and we'll have something to talk about with the, the Gilbert nostalgia and all that. Until next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.